Hello and welcome to the Spotlight Podcast. I'm Christina Kerr, the Content Manager at Spotlight, and today I'm talking to Ellie Samuels and Mel Brown, who are Spotlighters. Can you guys tell us what you do here at Spotlight? Shall I go yeah, first? Yeah, I was going to say you go first. Okay, I'll go first. I'm Ellie. Um, I am the key account manager for Young Performer Agents and for the membership itself here at Spotlight. Um, I've been doing that for the past two years, and before that I was here working on customer support um, for 13 years, so have a good knowledge of the Spotlight world. Quickly prior to that, I went to drama school. I went to the Guildford School of Acting and did a musical theatre course Worked in the business professionally in musical theatre as a performer for about 10 years. Um, I still like to dance and I teach dance at Pineapple. And I think that's me in a nutshell. Uh, me. So um, I'm Mel um, and I work here at Spotlight now in the membership team. My title is membership executive. Um, I, like Ellie, started on customer support. And it's coming up for my two-year anniversary. I started on Halloween. Uh, spooky for some. Um, and, yeah, before coming to Spotlight, I uh, worked as a young performer agent, kind of a junior agent, uh, started as an assistant and worked my way up to a junior agent. Uh, and yeah, that's that's how I started my career and then moved to Spotlight after that. You were at uni before that. And uni you? before that. Oh, it seems so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that just goes to show, though, the wealth of experience that our membership team have here at Spotlight, which I think is a really nice place for us to start. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I guess the first question that I think is relevant to this topic, and our topic today is how does a young performer get an agent? which I think is a really key question that you guys come up against quite often, Um, is why do they need one, generally speaking? Well, the way um, it works on Spotlight for the Young Performer Membership Group is that the agents receive the casting information, not the child, obviously, or the parents. So it really is just the way it's set up. So that, I suppose, is, is the obvious answer to that question, is that if you're going to be on Spotlight um, as a young performer, then you do need an agent to represent you so that they can put you forward for jobs, etc. Um, so, yes, it's an important part of the process there, being able to join in the first place, um, which yeah, I think absolutely. works well. Yeah. And just in terms of, like, someone who's just interested in acting and is perhaps still, I don't know, only a kid, just really loves to dance or loves to act, why would an agent help get them in the door in general, in the wider sense, yeah. in a career sense? So I think, you know, an agent is, uh, you know, it's the person who you go to. uh, They know everything about the industry and they are the ones who are putting you forward for that professional work. They know the standards of the industry and what should be expected in a working environment when you're doing a project. So that's why an agent's role is so essential and why you have to find the right agent for you because it's a a relationship and um, everyone in this industry works in completely different ways. So there's no, uh, you know, this is the rule and that's how it is. Uh, but it's definitely essential when you are younger that you have someone looking out for you and your needs. And that's what our young former agents do. Yeah, totally. I mean, otherwise it would be kind of very parent heavy, wouldn't it? And yeah. And parents, yeah, see things in different ways. Like, they're very good, obviously, they're looking after your welfare as a child, but, as you know, representing your needs in a business sense is very different. So, yeah, it's, you know, they obviously play a very important role. Objective, can't they, the the agents? Exactly. They have to work very closely with the parents and and help the parents to understand um, how the industry works, and it's such a big commitment as well for the parents. So, uh, yeah, it's key that the that the agent is right for the child, but also right for the parents. parents. Mm. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's a it's a relationship between all parties, there, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. So, in terms of um, if it's a parent or a young performer themselves just wanting to start looking for an agent, what kind of research should they do, or what sort of things should they be looking for 
in the first place? A number of different things. I think sometimes, I suppose it depends on how they started thinking about it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it could have come through friends, it could have come through, uh, you know, a dance school that they go to or um, sort of drama classes or part-time classes that they maybe met somebody and then they heard about taking it to that, you know, that step further. Um, in which case, I think it's always good to get advice from contemporaries um, mm. who have had an experience Definitely. already themselves um, if uh, you can then take it to, to the next step I suppose if they came towards Spotlight and they heard about Spotlight then the obvious thing that we would then say is have a look at the contacts website um, which is obviously the collection of free listings um, that we publish digitally um, so they can select by location or search by location um, for agents but we would always then say ideally get a recommendation as well I think wouldn't you Mel? Definitely because I think contacts it's an amazing uh, resource I used it a lot when I was an agent and that was when it was back as a book and now it's all Mm. online which is amazing but it can be very overwhelming looking at all those agents names and thinking where do I where do I start so um, recommendation and and word of mouth is always you know you you can trust the people that are you know giving that advice saying I've worked with them and they you know we've got a great relationship etc etc but if you haven't got those people you know those contacts when you start out again looking it's a very long task to do (laughs) but going through each and every agent looking at their website Mm. seeing what they do are they attached to a school are they you know kind of agency on their own how long Um, have they been going going? what's the work what's the background of the agents you know that information is around and available so again it's it really is the research that you would need to look into and 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 you know a lot of the websites out there have a lot of detail on them so I would definitely recommend that as well yeah that's a good starting point I just want to pick up on something you just said there which was about the location do you think it's important that um, someone's looking for an agent that's located close to where they live anyway or is that not so important it doesn't have to be the case and we do see that um, agents have children sort of far and wide I think it, it can be that because the nature of joining an agency, the agency can sometimes be part of a school. Mm-hmm. So then, obviously, it's going to be people that are in that right, area that go area. to that school. Mm-hmm. So we sort of tend to think that way sometimes, but it doesn't have to be at all, actually. Sure. So, yeah, that there are agencies in London that will take on a child who's, you know, somewhere in the Midlands or, yeah. you know, it, it can work that way. I think some of them tend to be more specific, um, the agencies, or want to look after people in their area, particularly if they have a good relationship with their child employment officer Mm, the local authority with regards to licensing so the thing for agents I think once they've got kids all over the place is that they're dealing with lots of different child employment at lots of different local authorities which of course Mel you all know because you were part of an agency I never (laughs) did that but I'm learning all of that that it actually can get a bit more complicated for the agency so um, I mean, it's not something the parent needs to worry about, but they might find that agencies look after people in certain areas. Yeah, but certainly if they're that. looking, yeah. then they don't have to necessarily take that into yeah. consideration. And the agent will let them know if that is the case. And some yeah. agencies also have them in different areas as well. So you may have one that's like London yes. based, but also have a branch in that's true. Scotland, Wales, I you mean, know, anywhere like it's that. It's nice to be able to meet the agent, I suppose. So if you're travelling too far or it feels a bit too remote... Um, yeah. you know, it just I, adds that distance it, it does a between bit. the relationship. So, you know, to help build the relationship, it's probably 
it's probably easier for a parent, particularly starting out in the in in the industry, who doesn't really know much about it, if they are able to meet the agent. I mean, we would always probably Definitely. advise yeah, that unless they had a first-hand recommendation. Because yeah. you've got to really meet, you've got to know the child when you're putting someone forward for work. You've got to know them. You've got to kind of meet them, see what they're like, and and you know, yeah. kind of understand the roles. That well, seeing them for. helps to then build up that relationship. Which Definitely, we might talk yeah. a bit more about. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> I, I want to ask you then, once you've actually gone through that huge help process, which you know is is about lots of these different factors that you've mentioned but then what should the parent or the performer do to actually approach that agent because I know that we've we've had lots of sessions here at Spotlight where we've had agents come in and answer that very question and they tend to vary but one common question that seems to come from the the parent or the performer themselves is can I just approach them on social media so I kind of just wanted to clarify that a little bit what should it be should it be an email a phone call a tweet I don't know what's the best thing yeah I don't think there's probably one answer I was going to say what we referred to originally when I first started speaking was each agent obviously works in their own way but I would say the majority um, first of all on their website some people actually specify exactly how they would like to receive things Um, way back when a lot of it was post and stuff like that obviously now we're more off the kind of emails Um, that tends to be the preferred like response um, social media is a wonderful thing. Might be a nice way to connect if you've met them at a performance, they've come to see a show. Um, that might be a nice way to kind of reach out to them. But I would say a lot of the industry is driven by email. Um, and I think the etiquette in email is also an interesting thing to address because you. Uh, obviously you want to kind of inform them exactly why you think you might be right for the agency and what talents you have and that's great but a big email that you're faced with with a lot of words and a lot of paragraphs oh yes definitely um, (laughs) can just be when you're very busy quite overwhelming (laughs) to kind of stop and read so I think you've got to kind of look at the email and think you know I want to put the information that's relevant and be very precise and to the point and explain exactly why you know I've looked at this agency and why we think uh, you know be a good, a good fit, fit for me and my child. I mean, a lot of the agencies, when you look at their websites, do have a apply or contact yeah. us, you know, so there is like a, a, a sort of system on their website. But but that maybe is the first port of call. So if you know nothing, it might be an idea to look at a few. And then they do often have a form where you can make that first point of contact. Um, I, I Yeah, I think if it was me, yeah. I would prefer to have... Like just a bit more information, a bit more information, yeah. and then maybe be able to email. But then I'm a bit old fashioned. And when you do actually make that contact, what are the sort of things that you think are really essential to include in that email? Because obviously, sort of the first thing that people look at is the headshot. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have a headshot yet, particularly for a child, would you tell a parent that that's the first step, or what would you say? I think probably before spending any money. <laughs> you know which photographs obviously yeah, do, cost do cost money and then they might get onto an agency and that agency will say we'd actually prefer you to use this photographer right so um you know i think you can take really good photos at home these mm-hmm. days so uh, you know i think in the first instance don't spend too much money but if you're looking to get your your child in into the industry somewhere and, and onto an agency then yes they need a headshot so it might be an idea to therefore take some nice um simple very natural headshots mm. on on your phone i mean it's you know with with a, an uncluttered background with yeah. some n- nice lighting and that will serve well i think mm-hmm. to start with because yeah agencies they can't dictate what photographer you should use but sometimes they like to 
you know, have an image to the style. agency, a yeah. style, and right. they so like it, a they particular want everyone photographer. To have a similar. Yeah. yeah, so they might... I don't think they can actually say you have to, (laughs) but they can advise. And obviously, being the professional, you want to take their advice. So, um, And normally, one would hope it would be good advice. So, yeah, definitely avoid spending too much money in the first instance, I think. And then wait and see what that agency's preferences are. But have a nice headshot to start with. That where your child looks like, don't put any makeup on them. Oh, no. And it sounds like so (laughs) silly, but it's like, um, don't send group shot. You know, they might look lovely in a a group of photo you know like friends photo but you know it's don't not say that. You know, don't, who are they you know because obviously they don't know who they are so just and as ellie said like no makeup as natural as possible yeah. like that's that's so key you want to see them as them because and that's the thing i think and you probably hear a lot because you know with casting directors are saying oh, yeah. we want to know the person coming into the room <laughs> is the person who's in the photograph absolutely that's yeah. like the number one thing that casting directors seem to say when they come in is that if you do not look like your headshot i'm not yeah. gonna be happy yeah. and it's grown <laughs> so quickly you know, yeah, like totally. for them six months to a year you can change so much in that period mm-hmm. of time and I think that was something I was so aware with with photos when suggesting people was like oh my goodness I saw them last week and now they look, <laughs> they've grown <laughs> they've grown <laughs> so much yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so an agency is going to look at a headshot in the first instance probably similarly to a casting director would you know can I sell this person you know so it needs to be yeah natural and fresh and exactly as the child looks at the time um yeah, so they can maybe look and see what gaps they have on their books or right. if they've already got a lot of children that age or that look, you know, then they might say, actually, you know, at the moment we haven't got space. So, yeah, it's good to get a good, clear photo but not spend too much money initially, I think. To elaborate that on that a little bit, um, what is this whole thing about upfront fees? Because this is a thing that I've heard parents say yeah. um, where they've been asked to pay a fee to an agent sure. upfront. What is your take on that? What does that mean? And yeah. should parents be cautious of doing I th- that? I think when you hear upfront fees, I, don't, I know my tummy sort of goes, ooh. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, because it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, if, if you ask somebody probably in a professional sort of legal capacity, they'd say, well, they're, they're illegal. Oh. <laughs> right. So, and I think that's kind of like bottom line, what people, we all know. Uh, but then we also know there are lots of grey areas around it. So thinking, I think, you know, talking about photos and things like that, um, there can be fees that seem like they're upfront because you're paying to have a photo taken. Right. Or, you know, yeah. the agency might be asking you to pay an admin fee in order to be on their website or, you know, I mean, I... Personally, again, as a parent, I and obviously now with the knowledge that I have here, I would always question any fee yes. up front. Um, I suppose, obviously, there's a fee for Spotlight, um, but that is a membership fee. So I think once you know that and then you kind of know what the agent is charging to and what that includes, and also just be aware that some agencies don't charge anything. So the main thing that is is legal and is correct is to charge commission mm, that's right so, you know when you that's get a job the agent obviously will take commission that's the same for adults as well what their commission rates are again that's something to look at um, but anything that's up front so before the person is even getting a job mm-hmm. should be looked at properly and fully yeah, that's and what I would say and, yeah. and maybe don't be afraid to ask questions Question, uh, yeah that's yeah. that's so key don't be afraid yeah. to ask questions yeah. like when you if the meeting has gone well and and they have offered representation you know there will be a contract to sign and that contract needs to be you know read carefully because everything will be in there and not you know the fees in terms of like what they will charge commission rates um, when the child hopefully lands a job and also about termination if you want to move on to another agency things should be very clearly outlined in that 
contract and if you do not understand something or you have questions that is your right to say that to them you know and say I'm, I'm sorry could you just clarify this for me or anything like that because ultimately the contract is there to protect both parties both the agent and the parent and child and you know everything so yes mm. read and it absolutely. carefully <laughs> I think sometimes it can be unclear as well because as we were saying earlier, a lot of agencies for children have schools attached or workshops right, yeah. or classes and part-time, mm-hmm. full-time, whatever. Exactly and there going. might be some money that's in there that, you know, you, you presume is to cover a workshop. Yeah. or. But then it's a good idea to look at how much that workshop is, yeah. what you're getting for it. Do you know anyone else's child that's already done it? Did they enjoy it? Should it be a hundred pounds? Should it be fifty pounds? What you know, go compare. I think is the big thing, definitely, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, because it it can be quite a a business of making money, and I think we can yeah, see absolutely. this, you yeah. know. And there are lots of good things provided and fabulous workshops oh, out yeah. there. Um, so many things available for kids, but I think you you know it's really it's really good to just look at what you're paying and what you're getting for it um, and just be aware that there are agencies out there who represent children who don't charge anything other Mm -hmm. than the commission Um, so I think it's just being aware of those things yeah, and then totally. anything else that you can't define within that fee, then you shouldn't pay it. Yeah. 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 Oh, and you should be able to ask the question. Yeah. Yeah. So it comes back to that, you know, what you were alluding to earlier, that relationship with the agent. Yeah. If you aren't exactly. able to have that sort of open communication with them, that's kind of a bad sign, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so as long as you can ask the questions, then hopefully exactly. that's a good basis for everybody. Absolutely. And there are so many brilliant agents oh, out there. Oh, that's wonderful. But I know, really, really you wonderful. know, in my time doing this role, and then obviously closely with you, Mel, as well, you know, you, we're building relationships with them all the time and, and they're, you know, so you don't want to be too paranoid about it but at the same time just be responsible, it's your child you know, if yeah. it was my child, you just want to make sure that they're in safe hands and that you're, and that you're spending money well yeah. if you are spending money. Yeah. Exactly. I think from an agent point of view, I honestly believe that the relationship that you have with an agent is so crucial and that comes from all areas of, you know, when you start as a young performer, child actor, all the way through your career. And I think agents are busy people. They um, Time is, is not on their side. They're doing a lot of things, uh, but however, they will get back to you. There will, uh, if that email pops into their email box, they might not get back to you straight away, but it's there and they will respond. Yeah, and then I suppose from the child's point of view, I would just say, you know, ideally they should be enjoying the experience. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We don't um, say that enough sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think sometimes, you know, that can shift when they grow a bit older and might not, you know. So I suppose, you know, just make sure you're checking in with the child and that they're enjoying the process. That's really crucial. And if they do want to talk more, they can, if they are a Spotlight member, yeah. they can actually make use of speaking to either of you. Absolutely. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. one of our benefits yeah. of being a Spotlight member as yeah. a young performer is that you have access to one-to-one sessions with Ellie yeah. or Mel as yeah. either a parent or a child. Yeah. yeah. So if someone wants to get in touch, ask any more questions, they can do so by giving us a call at Spotlight or... Where can they email specifically? I would say questions at spotlight.com and that goes directly to the customer support team. And also news and advice is, you know, great section part of the website. Thank you, Mel. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I I still learn stuff from when I read your articles. So I would always encourage people to have a look at them. There's something in each article. And obviously there's the newsletter that goes out every month as well. So um, I think that's something any of you that are listening to this, if you're not receiving a monthly newsletter, for uh, which is specifically to do with young performers yeah. then obviously again get in touch with 
um, customer support just to make sure that your email preferences are, um, are, are set correctly um, because they have all of these articles in them. You know. Fabulous. Um, also, just to mention that people can also drop us a line on Twitter, which is at Spotlight UK. Um, thank you very much, Ellie and Mel. Thank you, thank Christina. You. Talk to you next time.